This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England supporters podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the recent episodes that I've released. Bit of a double episode this one because you join me outside at Wembley Stadium. As here in England and in the UK, more restrictions are being lifted so the opportunity to move around a little more freely is something I wanted to grasp. As I said... This is a bit of a double episode, so I'll be chatting with an England fan later on in the episode. So Wembley. Initially, I had this episode in mind visiting back in November 2020 time. And obviously lockdown happened, stay local, the tier system. So I put that idea on hold. But I had this idea of heading up here to check out what was going on with the ramps. But here we are, April 2021. And those ramps have long since gone, replaced by steps leading up to the Bobby Moore statue standing tall at the front of the stadium, with the main entrance still below. And it's hard to believe that the last time we were all here together to see the team was the 14th of November 2019, when we comfortably saw off Montenegro 7-0. There's still so much construction work still going on here. As I said, One of the reasons I decided to have a gander around here was the fact that one of the last remaining remnants of Wembley has disappeared. You remember those large concrete ramps, or pedways, to give them their correct name? They rose up from Wembley Way towards the stadium, splitting in two, halfway up. Well, apparently they were built back in 1974. They used to go over the coach park beneath it, but that's since gone. So the ramps, well, they've deemed surplus to requirements. And the bulldozers moved in mid-November with the plan to introduce these steps, similar to those that come out of Wembley Park Station. You know, the ones where people stop, annoyingly, to have their photo taken with the arch in the background. Now, I'm no wheelchair user, but apparently the ramps were too steep a gradient to be easily pushed up. It may seem a little odd to replace the ramps with steps, But according to the plans, these new steps will incorporate four lifts that can accommodate three wheelchairs at a time. Although I have to be honest, from where I am at the moment, I can't see that. But there are still a lot of barriers all around it with workmen all high-vised up. A lot of noise, which I'm sure you can probably hear. I was going to try and get in the lifts if they they were here, or or count the steps. But uh, but I'm not able to do that. it's just too busy, as I say, of all the workmen around here. And plus, I'm not a big fan of lifts, having got stuck in one on a school field trip to Belgium some years ago. And I've got to be honest, lifts are all good and well, but there isn't there the issue with potential power failures that may hold up their usage for exiting the stadium, especially in an emergency situation. And the plan was that these new Olympic steps would be ready in time for the League Cup final or the Carabao Cup, as it's currently known as, which was originally scheduled for February this year. But now it's just, now for a, uh, it'll be in a few days' time, April the 25th. But before that, there's the FA Cup semi-finals to be played here at Wembley. And with some fans being allowed admission, so by the time this podcast is out, 
it would have had a decent test run. So from where I'm standing, I can see uh, behind the boards, there's a lot of new electronic LED screens being put up along Wembley Way. There's some that go up past the, the steps. There's, the, there's some right at the foot of Bobby Moore, um, where there's red zone, yellow zone, green zone, blue zone, all pointing in the right directions. But I'm looking at the steps. They're sort of a greyish colour with barriers going up as you walk up them sort of, I guess, to, to slow the people going up so they can't go too fast, they can't go too slow up and down the steps. But at the moment, there's a, uh, there's a lot of diggers and construction equipment and men in high-vis jackets all around, so it's, uh, unfortunately I can't get up there and, and test them out personally. Now, onto this episode, I've had the pleasure of speaking with an England supporter who I'm sure many of us will recognise. You certainly would in the flesh. Welcome to the Freelance Podcast. This is my conversation with Paul Gregory. I'd like to welcome to the Three Lions Podcast, Sheffield Wednesday and England fan, Paul Gregory, or as many will probably be more familiar, Tango. You all right? Rudder for yourself, mate. Yeah, yeah, all good, thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming along and saying hello. No problem at all, my friend. I'm trying to think how long ago the Tango advert was, but for those of for many people that, that don't know, that, that is it, isn't it? It was off that, yeah, I think I, what happened was I took my shirt off at Derby and it was freezing and uh, the cameras picked me up, obviously, wearing no shirt. And it was going to stay now where I had to take my shirt off everywhere I went. Um, went to Crystal Palace 30 years ago. Yeah. Tuesday night match, had this lad next to me, bigger than what I was, and I was all singing you fat. We all know the rest of the song. And then um, I said, I'm singing to you, Gaz. He's come now, now, so I'm singing to you. So off comes the shirt, and off it went then, Tango, and it stuck ever since. So it was like early early 90s. It must have been around then when that advert was around. <laughs> for, for the kids amongst oh, yeah. us. Kids amongst us go to YouTube, I guess. Right, yeah. So I mean, it, it wasn't your choice then, but you've just you've chosen to uh, to go wherever you go now without the shirt. Well, I think what what it was is like obviously you get that used to not wearing it. You know, everywhere you go, you think I don't wear a shirt, so it's just your normal thing that you carry on with. Yeah, there must be some cold places. We've been through colds on Lithuania the season was absolutely tipping it down all match and was in the opening. Yeah, and they give us the three ponchos out. <laughs> And there were two two Villa lads. And uh, the one says, you're absolutely mad, you are. So, well, do you want me shirt? He's going, yeah, 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 please. And the other one wanted me jacket. So, I'm stood there, like, come out at the end of the match there, all soaked. I've got a nice dry shirt, nice dry jacket, walking down the street, nice and dry. And reality <laughs> soaked. In. That was method in the madness sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So, go on then, England, following England, when did it all begin for you? Starting in the early 80s, we went to Wembley in the early 80s and, as I say, started going and it, then it drifted off a bit, down to finances and everything. And then, obviously, the last few years, it's just been full bore on it. I mean, it's, it's just something that gets in your blood. It's like meeting of a massive family, no matter what club you support or anything else. And now, obviously, Rachel started coming everywhere with me and, and she just absolutely loves it. I mean, it's just like... You just want to broadcast it to everybody and get everybody else to go because it's such a fantastic time meeting up with everybody 
as I say, all from different clubs. It, it's all about banter, having a good time, a good laugh. And it, it rolls on and everybody that goes just wants to go again. The same, a lot of things I've said is, you know, don't knock it till you've tried it. And I think, like, obviously, as you know yourself, everybody that's tried it, it's, it's just one of them things. It's, you've just got to do it. You've got to go. Yeah, no, it's addictive. I mean, is, is there a difference, do you reckon, between club football, like going week in, week out, and England away? Oh, definitely. There's definitely a major difference when you're going, as I say, you're going to different countries, you're meeting different cultures, different styles. But as I say, no matter where you go, there'll always be a strip there. And you don't matter where you're from in the country, everybody meets up, everybody gets on. And that's what it's about. He's, he's all having good time, bit of banter, no nastiness, having a real drink, you know what I mean? Everybody gets on. And it, it just it epitomises what football should be about. And I think you, take, you seem to get steady out from years ago to what football used to be, to what it is now. Um, as I say, yeah, it gets a bit boisterous at times, but I mean, that, that's part of it. It's, you know what I mean? No nastiness, but, you know, good humoured fun. Yeah, absolutely. What's just Going back to what was it you said the, the early 80s, what, what's the best moment following England, be it on the pitch or, or off the pitch? I think, in fairness, Russia was the best one I've been to. I mean, it was just like... We, everybody was warned not to go, and and it was just like a, a climax where people were saying, "Oh, we're not going to bother going. We're not going to bother going." And of course, like at the end of the day, everybody went, mm. and it was such a fantastic time over there. And the way we was treated was was phenomenal. We was treated like human beings. You could go anywhere. As I say, the culture was so different. It, it was just a fantastic time. Every single match over there, whether it was going to like Samara, where it was like. Walking down the river was like a beach. It was red hot to Moscow. It was just fantastic. Yeah. Now, you say about being treated as human beings, it, it was a bit of a surprise for Russia to have that aspect to it. But where have you been where where you haven't been treated as a human being following England? Like, uh, I think Slovakia was one. That was a bit lively. Montenegro, first one I took Rachel to, my girlfriend. Mm. That's strict over there with the tickets and everything, which they managed to get into the Montenegro end. <laughs> so, our first episode of going to watch England away was with the uh, Villa lad and his dad. And she went in with them, like, and that was like next to us, like, and uh, so it was very hostile over there, like, with the, with the racism and stuff like that. That nobody's got no time for, really, which, which obviously the England fans made it felt about that, you know, it's not racism is not welcome. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> People will recognize you. I mean, obviously, because of the the lack of shirt generally. Um, but what, what's it like to be a recognised face sort of amongst England fans and, and sort of especially being picked up on the telly? Well, I think the thing is, I've done it for that long now. And obviously, you're going to get your lovers and your haters. I mean, all I've ever done it for is, is, is for good humour, banter amongst friends. That's mm. why I've got so many friends at different clubs. Um, like if, if Wednesday in playing... We went to Chatham to watch Chatham play with some of the England lads mm. um, last season. Absolutely fantastic day. As I say, as I say recognition, but it's, as I say, it's, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not so good, if that makes sense to you. But all I've ever tried to do is portray football for what it is. You know, I've never gone out my way to say, you know, you, know, you get always an attention seeker. 
I've been doing it for 30 years now, so the attention seeking was 30 years ago, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just it's just what, what's done now, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. Do you find that people are, I don't know, not, not scared? Well, yeah, do you find people are scared of you, like especially – away not away supporters but general on an away day maybe maybe people in the public general public no one i wouldn't say so i think people know it's portrayed for the right reasons and like there's like a lot of times where people have said you know that they've heard different things this that and the other and then when they've met me you know typical one last night one lad said to me you know he says i've learned now not to judge a book by its cover you know what i mean he says when people you know want to talk about football, they realise that I am just a normal, you know what I mean, person yeah. that enjoys me football, that, that, you know, just want to just wants to have a bit of a laugh with everybody, really, because life's too short, you know, if you, you've got to make the best of it and have a laugh with it. Absolutely, absolutely. How have you find watching England at home? I mean, in the confines of your own home, because obviously we're, we're so used to going to England home and away of having to watch it on the telly. When was the last time you watched an England game on the telly? Yeah, it's just, it's just not the same, is it? I mean, it's you, you sit here and you you can't you really get the emotion. You get the, you get the national anthems going on, and you, you, you're dying to get up there. You know what I mean? And then when the match comes on, it's just like well, you'll walk out and get another can and come and sit down, and and then get up and have another can and come back and sit down, go and get a bag of scratchings, sit down. It's, it's not the same. It's, it's it, it don't grip you as much on telly. I mean, the amount of television football we've had to watch during this pandemic, which has been terrible, it's just been so frustrating not to be there. Yeah. When the tackles go in, you, you, you're up and just can't get emotionally involved with it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's just it's just not the same. And some of that, that we've never really experienced before, is it? No, no, I've never experienced it again. As I say, it's just been a... A terrible 12 months for everybody, where hopefully now we're coming to the end of it, we see the light, get into the Euros, and then onwards and upwards. Yeah. And you mentioned the Euros there. How do you how do you foresee things going there from an England point of view? I'm very hopeful. I mean, like after Russia, I was hopeful after Russia. And I think now that the team that's coming through now, I think we've got every chance of doing something, getting decent young players coming through now, and it's looking like, we are going to do something. And hopefully if we can do it this year, we can do it in Qatar next year. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Qatar's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a strange one, isn't it? Well, in fairness, it's, it's my 60th birthday in November, so... We were... <laughs> if ever there was an excuse. Well, you've got to have an excuse for everything, isn't you? So, <laughs> it's a bit better than going to like a, a World Cup somewhere when it's your 60th birthday and hopefully you can come back and say, you know what I mean? I've seen England win a World Cup. Yeah, that'd be nice, nice to say, wouldn't it? Well, I say the, the, the gaffer where I work, he went to the 1966 World Cup in a in a mini with his mates, and, and they're telling the stories about it. And you're thinking, are we going to see? You know what I mean? We're so close in Russia, and then you're coming to Qatar, and you're thinking, can we just do it? Could that, that little bit extra, just to you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, to see us pick up a trophy. We'll have to speak to your your gaffer then and get some stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he went. He went down. I mean, he's a big guy, Trevor. But he's six foot five, big built, and him and his mate went down in one of the old-fashioned minis. Obviously, one of the little tiny things. Yeah, yeah. He went down there. Have you ever been to to follow England away without a ticket and then managed to get in? Have you ever go in that way? 
in fairness, years ago, I think everybody used to do, but like obviously since I've joined the travel club, I'm a top capper now, so mm. I'm guaranteed a, a ticket everywhere I go. As day, Rachel comes with me everywhere now, and like she's she's getting up the caps table now. She absolutely loves it. I mean, as I say, she'll go in an away end anywhere, you know what I mean? Yeah. More balls than me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you often hear, like, people say, how do I get caps for a game? How can I get to a World Cup tournament or a Euros tournament following England? With someone like yourself as a top capper, how would you suggest what well, the best way to do it, to, to get tickets for games in following England? The only thing to do is join the travel club and obviously go to the matches. I mean, I know when we go to Wembley, it's not the best atmosphere there. But as I say, you're gaining two caps. You're still watching. You're still watching your country at the end of the day. And I know it is. Once you've been away, it's more of an entertaining day. If that makes sense to you, the day before, the day of the match, the night of the match, and then like everybody comes back the next day. Whereas you get down Wembley, and sometimes it's. I mean, we're going block one hour nine. You try and get the com, you know, the the crowd going, and then sometimes it's just like you're looking around, you're thinking, "Well, have you come to watch a football match?" Because mm. to me now, when with, with the pandemic the way it's been on now, stadiums like that, football without fans is nothing. As I've always said, football needs fans. You can see like the way the Premier Division's gone this season, the Championship, the teams that's playing this season. You can obviously see they're not performing without crowds there. And, and fair enough, they're getting sponsorship, massive deals, and this, that, and the other. We're even watching it on the telly. It's not the same when you can just hear like, the manager shouting, the players shouting to each other. It's, yeah. it'll, just, it'll just kill the game off. For the side, like Wembley, to me, if the atmosphere was better, more people would go. But you can only try and get the atmosphere going. You can only try your best to do it. And if some people don't like it, they don't like it. But as I say, you've got to have an atmosphere with football because they're all hand in hand together. Oh, you're not shy of trying to get the atmosphere going. I've I've seen you there in amongst Block 109, who, who incidentally do a great job of of trying to get the the atmosphere going, and, you, and you're always sort of down the front, sort of encouraging people, aren't you? Well, I always go a bit further in front of everybody else, so you get everybody else going behind you. Block 109, when you've got the lads at the top, yeah, and then you've got a few in the middle. Then I go down the front. It's everybody's trying to get the groups going, so. Yeah. It's like a, a, a group thing to get atmosphere back. Yeah. Tell me you've never started a Mexican wave, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, I mean, you, you said that the best experience um, was, was at the World Cup uh, in Russia. Did, did we there for, like, the Euro, Euro 96? I went in and out on them. As I say, it was like the, the change of that country from then to this World Cup was just like, chalk and cheese it was like you wouldn't believe the difference it was then it was like proper as you'd expect Russia to be and I think we, we stopped in an hotel where where the hotel was then it was like a big tenement block and you just wouldn't walk about anywhere whereas this time you, you were straight off you were on the trains and they, we come back from the one match in fact and we got lost on the train on the way back and we ended up in some middle suburb of Russia <laughs> and it was just like me and Rowdy, a villa lad, and I'll come, what happened, we should be here. And he was like, now he actually bothered with us. <laughs> they obviously looked at us and thought, they shouldn't be able, we ain't going to say nothing to him. Yeah. So we eventually, about an hour and a half after he flagged the cab down, took us about 45 minutes back to where we should have been, So, which was probably around the corner. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he got his money's worth out of us. Yeah. So, I mean, what about just general away days? What what other games stand out for you? I would say Germany when we won five one. Go see cracker. France after the that Manchester thing. That, that was you know that was a real turd tear jerker in the ground really there. That was on the we were singing the don't look back in anger, wasn't it? Looking angrier, I mean, that was just like phenomenal. Scotland away last time because I'm big mates with Barry Bannon as well, and obviously play till Wednesday, right? And uh, we, we've got we've gone into Hampton, and Barry was playing, he was over the side, and I started bawling out my eyes. We've got Bannon, Barry Bannon. He's actually <laughs> stuck his thumb up to me. So then all the, all the Scottish next door, some like giving me like loads of grief, like no, no, you first I. There's just so many good memories. As I say, you can keep it on. You can keep thinking and thinking about different matches you've been to and different search matches. To say we go down Wembley, we meet up with Johnny Westwood, Johnny Portsmouth. Always meet up with the Portsmouth lads, West Ham lads. Wednesday, all sorts. We all meet just outside of Wembley at Wilsdon Green. Every hour match we're there. Westwood comes in with his big cowboy boots on his his hat on and everything else. Yeah. And it's just like one massive family. And it, it, it's hard till people have seen it. I mean, I've invited that many people down, different people, different clubs, come and meet in this pub. They've all come and they've all gone again and they come again and they come again. And that's what it's all about. It's the bonding and, and creating something. And, and like to me, England England away is just like phenomenal. As I say, like Rachel, how much have you been to away now? And Portugal, you've been quite a fair few, haven't you? I mean, she'll tell you when when she's been from a girl that's just, just been to a lot of club football to going to watch England away. I mean, she can tell stories like where she's been in such a short time. And that's a good thing as well. We're taking the girls as well. Safe, it's nice. Isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just looking forward to getting back into it, mate. I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, like, I'm looking now at like Hungary and Poland. Like, yeah. I think the first, the first year Rachel went, I think she went to 12 different. 12 different countries, something ridiculous. The first first year started watching England. And like, let's say, like 12 different countries. Like, and, and you just pulled off it because, because like, from going with the girls to like, I beat and places like that to come and watch England is like, it's like, you know what I mean? And, and for someone to enjoy it as much, if not more, I think it's just a testament to everybody that goes to watch England, I do. Mm. We all just can't wait for it to get back, get back to some sort of normality. We can get to, as you say, going to these places like Poland, Hungary, and just getting back into that same old routine. Same old good routine, isn't it? Good routine, yeah, absolutely. Happy to break. Tango, thank you very much for your time. You're on Twitter, aren't you? Do you want to? You are at Tango eighteen sixty seven. If people want to follow you, that's it. Yeah, no problems at all. Nice one. Have no, you that... any tips on anything to do with England? Where we stop or anything? Get in touch, mate, and I'll uh, fill everybody in and let them know what's going on. Top stuff. Tango, thank you very much for your time. And, yeah, let's hopefully, when uh, when we're back up and running, we can, uh, we can say hello again in face-to-face. Yeah, Russell, we'll have a beer together, mate. Always a pleasure to speak to you, mate. Sounds good, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers, Russell. Take care, pal. Thanks to Tango for his time there. Great to hear from him. Now, there is some recent England news we're going to catch up with since we last spoke. Uh, the Lionesses were in action with a couple of games. 
not ideal results. They lost 3-1 away to France in Con. Although that game kind of got swallowed up by being played on the same day that the Duke of Edinburgh, Prince Philip, passed away. Didn't actually see it, to be honest, in the end. But a few days later at Stoke, they fell to a 2-0 defeat to Canada, uh, who are managed by former assistant to Phil Neville, Beth Priestman. Unfortunately, the game's going to be remembered for a couple of silly mistakes, which is something the girls need to eradicate if they're to make a serious impact, as either Team GB at this year's Olympics or next year's European Championships on home soil. There's an interesting article by Dom Smith uh, that he wrote about the Lionesses and, and how they need to improve, which is well worth checking out. Also, well done to Jude Bellingham for becoming the youngest player to score in the Champions League recently when he scored against Manchester City for Dortmund in the quarter-final second leg. Although it really should have been seven days earlier. But we can now see the potential for him is absolutely huge. He could be an integral part for the England team going forward. Although I still think the idea of Birmingham retiring his number was a daft idea, but they clearly saw what he had going forward. Well, I guess the biggest news, although perhaps not the most surprising of news, is the departure of Aidy Bouvroyd as manager of the under-21s, following the recent dismal European Championship campaign where they were knocked out of the group stage. After seven years in the position, he left saying, while we didn't finish in the way we wanted, I'm very proud we've been able to work so closely with players who I know will go on to have remarkable international careers and to have experienced some very special moments with them over the years. Obviously this now leaves the FA to recruit his successor in time now for the 2023 Under-21 Euro Qualifiers, which begin in September of this year. Who will it be? We shall have to wait and see. So that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. As I say, cheers to Tango for his time. I just can't wait to get back here properly come the Euros. Hopefully, it will be back to its buzzing self with people excitedly getting ready for kickoff. And hopefully, we'll all be here for the final. A full Wembley Stadium, just like the old days. Got me reminiscing now. All I need is a pint. I wonder if the green man is open. Cheers.